0: Well, you know, in my opinion, you really shouldn't have quit your podcast interviewing entrepreneurs because <laughs> it's such a, there's so few of those these days. Um, <laughs> I think it's a space that really needs to be filled.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can sense some sarcasm. On
0: your oh end. yeah, there's a little, only a little bit of sarcasm there. This is The Gently Mad, a show where I talk to and pick the brains of the smartest people running creative online businesses. Actually, not so much. If you're looking for that inspirational kick in the pants to help take your life and career to the next level, then this is probably not the place for you. To be perfectly honest, this podcast is about me. Hey, I'm Adam Clark and I'm your host. Thanks for listening. I do talk to people on this show, but instead of that double rainbow of success BS that you'll get in most entrepreneurial shows, we talk about failure, self-doubt, and all the insecurities that we all have that keep us from doing much of anything with our lives. If that sounds like your kind of thing, then head over to avclark.com slash TGM and subscribe. Any actionable advice or helpful tips are simply a byproduct and purely unintentional. All right, how's it going, my friends? This is The Gently Mad. I'm Adam Clark. Thanks for listening. Happy 2015 to you. This is the first episode of 2000, well actually I guess Friday's episode was officially the first episode of the new year, but this is the first, uh, well I don't want to call it a real episode, like Friday's episodes aren't real, but you know what I mean, it's, the, it's, it's it feels like it's a new week, it's Monday, feels like the kickoff, you know, last Friday still felt like part of 2014, this feels like 2015 to me, out with the old, in with the new as they say. So I hope your new year is going well so far. I'm guessing today is kind of the day everyone's getting back to work. Uh, At least this week is when I'm getting back to work. I didn't exactly stop working over the holidays, but I tried to stop as much as I could. Nevertheless, I, I I launched a new podcast. I launched a podcasting course. I guess I really did kind of work through the holidays. Maybe this year will be different. It's my goal eventually to take off all of December because December is like my favorite time of year. My favorite time of year is actually just the the beginning of winter, pretty much from Halloween through uh, the mid January is like my favorite time of year and. I love Halloween, I love Thanksgiving, I love Christmas, I love all of it. And one day, if I can get to the point where I can just take off all of December and not have any work to do and just spend it playing with my kids and doing fun stuff, that would be like a dream come true. So someday, someday I'll get there. I've been saying that for six years now, <laughs> and every one of you who is self-employed knows exactly what I'm talking about. But it is a new year. I hope it's going well for you so far. Uh, I want to say thank you to those of you who have been listening and downloading and reviewing and rating and all the new listeners. There's a lot of new listeners. Uh, the show has just gone beyond all my expectations in terms of, I really didn't think anyone would listen to the show. I've said it before, but I when I rebooted the show, I uh, kind of the whole reason I wanted to reboot it is I wanted to remove the constraints I had put on myself with the previous version of the show and I wanted to just make the show I wanted to make but I was too afraid to make honestly because I thought no one would listen if I made the show I really wanted to make and talked about the stuff I really wanted to talk about but surprise surprise uh, the show has been the most successful Show slash podcast related thing I've ever done. Thanks to you guys, we're at, at, in two weeks. Two weeks of launching, and and there's already like a thousand of you out there listening every single day, a thousand a day, which you know adds up. If you're if you're uh, better at math than me, then you know that equals thirty thousand a month, and we're only we're only two weeks in with this show. And uh, I, I can't believe it. I, I don't know why you guys listen. I, I don't think I would listen to me. I get tired of my whining and never-ending search for meaning just in my own head. So I, I don't know how you guys managed to make, make it through, but I appreciate it. It means a lot. It really does. And uh, those of you who are part of the contest, the contest is officially over. It ended December 31st. And I will be announcing the winners of the contest on this Friday's episode and then notifying those of you who win by email and getting you your shit. All right. There's some there's pretty cool stuff that I was giving away and I will get it to you. Uh, I still would appreciate the reviews and ratings and that kind of stuff. uh, If you feel like continuing to submit those things. Uh, that's been a big part of why this show has gotten so popular is the more of you who have rated and reviewed and downloaded uh, tells iTunes that I'm doing something popular, I guess. And so they they promote the show for me. And uh, that that's why, you know, a lot of new people have found it. So I would appreciate if you keep that coming I, even though the contest is over, I'm going to continue to do something else. I don't know exactly what it'll be yet, but I'm going to continue to give away something or, or do something every week for people, for those of you who leave me a rating and a review and subscribe, because it's important. That's That's the biggest way that I get this show in front of other people who may identify and connect with it and find some... Encouragement or whatever in, in what I say, so I don't know what that's going to be yet, but it's going to be something. Uh, as I've done, you know, I like to read some of these reviews, and as I've told you guys, if you're going to leave me a review, leave your name and your link to whatever it is you do in there, and I will, I will read that. I will say that here. You might as well get something out of leaving me a review and a rating. So uh do that please do that and i will uh i'll say it here on the show and not that you're going to get flooded with with traffic or anything but maybe maybe something will come from it so here here are a couple of them here's one from happy oregonian so i'm guessing someone who lives in oregon not quite sure who that is but happy oregonian says only listened to a few so far but so excited to listen to more Adam talks to fantastic, creative people, and I love that it isn't a formulated interview about a specific topic. It feels like a conversation about stuff I want to hear about, giving you a feel of the personalities, much like getting to know them through a conversation of your own. Well, thanks, Happy Orgonium, for that. I that's what I strive to do with this show. I don't, uh, I don't really like to call it an interview because it's not. It's more a conversation with interesting people about things that I find interesting and meaningful. Thankfully, a lot of those guests have uh, still been willing to come on the show, even though it's not a typical interview. Uh, There is some of that, but you guys know. You know what I'm talking about if you listen to the show. Here's one from Seeking Clara T. Uh, And she says, I'm assuming that is a a woman, she says, new mad fan. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. I, I need a name for the listeners. I've never been able to... Find a name. Uh, I, I wish, you know, I wish Mark Marin hadn't stolen WTF so he could call his listeners, you know, what the fuckers. But it, you know, it works. And so maybe a mad fan. I don't know. Something along those lines. Anyway, she says, with marketing, the media and the news designed to keep the antidepressants flowing... It's refreshing to find the honesty we're all starved for in the Gently Mad podcast. Witnessing Adam's evolution from his archived podcast is just as fascinating as his current podcast. We can see how with each interview, he evolves his own philosophy by trading in safe and appropriate for expressive and real. Adam's bravery in doing that gives us permission to do the same. Thank you, Adam, for bringing us the truth about what it's really like to be a creative entrepreneur. I've always been ashamed of all the times I failed after working so hard at many ventures. Now I can scrape my shameful self out of the hole it's been in and wear my failures proudly. Well, I'm certainly uh, glad you feel that way. I don't know that uh, listening to this show could really do all of that stuff <laughs> for you, but I'm glad if it has helped. You know, there's nothing... The Failure is... One thing I've been learning a lot lately is failure is... Uh, is nothing to be afraid of. Last week, I interviewed one of my favorite authors of all time, Donald Miller. You can find that episode by going to avclark.com nine. And he talked about in that episode how uh, fa- failure is the last thing to be afraid of because we learn from failure. You know, we learn, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of times failure can feel like Uh, someone telling us this is never going to work, but it's not, you know, most of the time failure is just a, this didn't work this time. And there's a difference between those two things. It's easy to feel like stuff you're doing is just never going to work and you should just give up when in reality, it just didn't work that time or that way. And you just need to figure out a different way or, or try, try it again, uh, from a different angle. Um, i'm gonna be having this is exciting some exciting news for you guys i'm gonna be uh, i'm gonna be interviewing or talking to anyway Seth Godin on the show this week uh that episode won't come out this week, but i'm gonna be doing the the interview the conversation this week and one of his very popular stories is how uh with his first book, he got nine hundred rejection letters in a row in the space of about ten months but uh he kept going at it anyway, and, and look where he is now. So I, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine getting 900 rejection letters straight in the space of 10 months and, and not, not feeling like I just should give up and quit and do something else. So don't be afraid of failure. Just keep trying. That's my advice for you today. <laughs> one last one before we move on is... uh from i can't even pronounce the username here um but it's it's from it's it's the latest review so if you go into itunes you can see it person says uh new to tgm just found this podcast on the new and noteworthy love your approach adam i look forward to listening to your show ongoing seems to be all guys here though there's lots of women like me who have a no bs view on life and business as well I know you're just starting this incarnation, but I bet I'm not alone in desiring to hear you interview some women. Well, I will let you know that there are plenty of women coming up on this show. I feel the same way. but here's the thing. honestly, uh, most of the women I've reached out to have actually uh, said no or didn't have the time right now to do it. Uh, there are a few that are booked, but I've asked quite a few. I don't I don't know what the difference is why uh, so far anyway, the, the guys seem to be um, a little less hard to convince to come onto this show. So that's another thing. If there's people that you would love to hear interviewed and hear a conversation with on this show, email me and let me know. I'm always looking for interesting people. I, I didn't set out to just talk to famous people or, you know, people that are sort of celebrities in their industry. It's not about that at all. It's just I... I choose the people I, I talk to on the show purely because I want to talk to them, whether they're famous or not or whatever. I find them interesting and I want to talk to them. And there are plenty of women on that list. And and some of them are already scheduled. And uh, so if, if you know of people that you think would make a great fit for the show, email me. Email me at Adam at A.V. dot and send me your suggestions. I'd be happy to, uh, to take a look at that and, and reach out to some of those people. So thank you for those reviews. I really appreciate it. Uh, keep them coming. And I will let you know probably uh, either the next episode or on Friday when I announce the winners of the contest. What I'm going to be doing uh, sort of in an ongoing way uh, as, a, as a thank you, as a perk for subscribing and reviewing and rating the show. All right. So today, today uh, we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, Caleb Wojcik. He is the man behind DIYVideoGuy.com. He teaches people how to make better videos. He also uh, was part of the trifecta, the trio behind Fizzle, which I talk about all the time on the show because I'm such a big fan of. And when we recorded this interview, this was actually the first interview I recorded. For this new show, and at the time, it, I had a, a completely different uh, thing I was going to do with the show. But the inner it was such a great conversation, I, I didn't want to waste it, I didn't want to redo it or, or, or toss it. I wanted to go ahead and use it anyway, even though uh, it's a little different than some of the conversations that I've released so far on this show. Because when I recorded it, I, I was planning on doing something different with this podcast. But it was still a great conversation. Caleb is a really interesting guy. And this one is kind of one of those ones just packed with uh, knowledge, just packed with with great inspiration. If you're either self-employed or you want to be or you have a thing that you want to do or make, but you're not sure how to do it, not sure what steps to take or where to start. Or how to keep going when it gets really hard. This this will be a great conversation for you. Uh, I, I recorded this conversation with Caleb just shortly after he left Fizzle to go out on his own and do his own thing. So the whole conversation is kind of packed with 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 those types of topics. You know, someone going out on their own to do their own thing, and how is it going? And what is working? And what isn't working? And and what do you do? Uh, We kind of talked about all that stuff. Since that time, Caleb has kind of become a personal friend and even a mentor in a way to me and helped me through a lot of things with the launch of my course and and all sorts of stuff. So he's a great guy, and I'm really excited to kick off 2015 with this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, It's going to be a great week. Wednesday, I'm going to be talking to Nathan Berry about his stuff and and how he's been just as phenomenally successful as he has. And we get into a lot of other interesting topics, too. So be sure and check back for that. All right. I don't have anything else for right now. Um, We'll be back with my conversation with Caleb right after this quick word from our sponsor. So I have these friends, let's call friend one, Alan and friend two, Steve. Their names have not been changed for their protection. They run a company called less accounting. Now I know what you're thinking accounting, what could be more boring, but that's exactly the point. Less accounting is accounting software for business owners who hate accounting. All right. What you're about to hear is completely unscripted. I decided to call up one of Less Accounting's customers and ask what they thought about the software without them even knowing I was recording. Actually, I hope that's not illegal now that I think about it. Need to check on that, I guess.
1: This is Jonathan. I don't like numbers, Um, so... (laughs) So it's helped a lot in that regard that, because we had QuickBooks for a while and just it, we just had no idea what to do with it. It was just way too complicated. Okay. And so I do appreciate its simplicity, you know, and when you get to the complicated stuff, that's where our accountant comes in and he takes care of all that.
0: Less Accounting even saves you time and money when it comes to tax season because your CPA has far less to do. You can give them your login or give them access to your account and everything is there. They can run some reports, print out your stuff, do your taxes, boom, it's done. And
1: you know, like at this point, like he even says, when he comes to us, he's like, your guys is the easiest books that I ever have to deal with. He's like, it's all online. Like he comes over, we go through stuff. We like feed him breakfast and it probably takes us like an hour or two at the most every year. Like that's about all the time he spends with us.
0: Did you know that uh, this is part of an ad read for Less Accounting? An ad read? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so you're 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 not being paid to say these wonderful things about Alan and Steve and their company. No, no, no none of that. No, sure. no, no. <laughs> Though they may claim that, it's, it's <laughs> not true. So, what have we learned? Less Accounting is great software. It saves you time. It saves your CPA time, which saves you money. Now. You don't have to go feed your CPA breakfast. I'm sure they would appreciate it. That part's up to you. But what you do need to do is go check out Less Accounting. You can go to lessaccounting.com TGM. And there's a special page set up there just for you with information just for you. I already said just for you. Now, three times, regardless. Go check out lessaccounting.com TGM and let me know what you think. Less accounting, accounting software for business owners who hate accounting. All right, well, this is it. This is the moment of truth. Hope you guys are ready to be inspired. I uh, I kind of don't ever set out to inspire people with this show, but this is this is a different episode. This is one where I think you will definitely be inspired, especially. If you're trying to create or make your own thing and figure out how to make a living from it. I mean, that's all that's what we're all trying to do, right? Well, Caleb is doing it and he he shared so much great stuff in this conversation. I think you're going to really enjoy it. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Caleb Wojcik. video show coming out
1: um that I'm probably gonna launch in a couple weeks
0: well I'm looking forward to that content man it's gonna be good stuff yeah I'm
1: excited to finally start making some of it I've been planning it for so long that. But...
0: man I know exactly how that feels <laughs> where you just plan and plan and finally you're just like oh my goodness I'm so tired of planning and strategizing you should watch this course by uh this company called fizzle yeah maybe I should this uh, bald guy did it and it's all about <laughs> how to
1: like launch your thing yeah should probably sign up for that. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Uh, Okay. Well, um, for those listening who haven't had the pleasure of being known by you, Caleb, uh, can Mm -hmm. you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah. So I just recently made the transition from working at a company called Fizzle, which is at fizzle.co. And I worked there with Corbett Barr, Chase Reeves, and we just added Barrett Brooks as our fourth person. And at Fizzle, we taught online business. Basically, we had yeah. a video training library. We had a podcast, um, a b- big community over a thousand people paying each month to you know learn how to grow a business online. And so, mm-hmm. I worked there for about three years. Before that, I had a corporate job at the Boeing Company and got my MBA. But now, uh, as official as of two weeks ago, recording time for this podcast. I'm on my own now and I'm doing a video production company uh, where I'm making a lot of talking head videos and recording live events, as well as I teach video production and strategy at DIY Video Guy.
0: Were you doing the, um, your company, by the way, is Caleb Logic Films. Yeah, Uh, pretty original naming there. (laughs) No, it's great. You know, I, I am a big fan of the sort of, retro, uh, you know, American Broadcasting Corporation, you know, that, that style of naming rather than today's Silicon Valley, um, you know,
1: whatever, like taking out clever, letters and yeah, you know, yeah. Why? And stuff like
0: that. Um, not to pick on dribble or something cause Dan Cedarholm was an awesome guy, but yeah, like making it triple letters or, you know, some clever name, you know, I, I love just the sort of old fashioned, straightforward, you know, Caleb Wojcic films. That's awesome. So, mm-hmm. But anyway, were you doing that at all while you were at Fizzle or before you were at Fizzle? Any of this stuff kind of on the side? Or did you wait until you were done to launch Caleb Wagic Films?
1: I did a handful of things um, a little over a year and a half ago. I did some projects with Pat Flynn of Smart Passive Income. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a book that was kind of a multimedia book that came out on a new platform. And so there were videos throughout. And then I filmed sure. the book trailer. And then he had a blogging course that I shot some videos for. And I did three wedding videos because my wife's a wedding photographer. Okay. So I did videos for that kind of stuff. What and kind then, of what
0: kind of video do you shoot for a wedding?
1: Um kind of like a highlight reel. Like it's usually to music, um, as I got more uh, advanced okay. in them. Like an overview. Also, like yeah. uh Yeah, okay. Cool. Further on I was like recording actual sound for like their vows and their first look and speeches and stuff like that. Nice. But but I did that about three times. And did you enjoy another, that? Yeah, I did. It's um, a lot of work, not just the day of, but afterwards yeah. to like craft an actual story and to pull footage well, out three different people. And yeah.
0: Yeah, I asked just because um, it's kind of, you know, people, photographers and filmmakers, I mean, they're not going to say it, but for most of them, You know, it's they dream of being able to make their money doing the the artsy stuff. And and that's what they put on their website. But really, they have to pay their bills with with weddings. And a lot of them uh, complain about it.
1: (laughs) So uh, that's why I was asked. Did you actually enjoy that? You know? Yeah, I did. And like, I know I know that that comes from a lot of people like people will start doing weddings and then they'll get burned out of it or then they can afford to do other things. But like my wife is the exact opposite. Like she wants to be doing weddings. Um, And so it's. It was a, like a totally different That's approach great. to it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. So you, you were doing some Caleb Wojcik films on the side. You were doing some sort of freelancing-ish side yeah, projects. It was nights
1: and weekends. And then yeah. officially at the start of this year, um, I entered a new kind of contract at Fizzle. So I didn't do any freelancing until I left this year.
0: So okay. I kind of like
1: did it on the side last year, like in 2013, And then I did none this year. But then with leaving Fizzle, I set up some projects for right after I left.
0: I see. So when you say you set up some sort of contract, well, okay, let me back up a little bit and and lead Mm -hmm. up to that. Um, So you've been planning this for a while, you know, I mean, we're we're well into 2014 and and all this, you know, you launched uh, DIY Video Guy uh, back at the beginning of the year. But Mm -hmm. um, so how long had you been planning I'm going to go full, you know, eventually I'm going to go full time with Caleb logic films and DIY video guy before you actually, uh, quit fizzle, which was just recently.
1: It was less than two months. And so it was basically like I left at the end of September and at the beginning of August was when I kind of made that decision. And I told them like within a week or so that that decision. So it wasn't like at the beginning of this year, I made a pivot, I re- released a product, and I knew I was yeah. going to go out on my own. It was just like I was doing those things just because I'd always had a personal brand, and I just wanted to pivot and change what I was talking about a little bit. So and even so, when you started yeah.
0: DIY Video Guy and you, you launched that with the intention of making a product called DIY Video Guide, even mm-hmm. when you launched that at the beginning of 2014, it wasn't in your head at that point that um, um, eventually uh, with uh, soon, like within the next year or two, I'm going to be, uh, moving away from fizzle and moving no. more towards self-employment.
1: No, that, that was, was not just going to be right. a side
0: yeah. thing. You were just launching yeah. your project, uh, for a little, you know, cause just cause you wanted to.
1: Yeah. And, and to be honest, part of the, the financial reason was at the end of last year, my wife was diagnosed with cancer and had surgery and we had oh, wow. some medical bills and I needed to earn some extra cash. And the only flexible way that I could do so was to do that kind of thing. And so that was part of the driving force behind she, doing that guide and stuff like that.
0: Is she okay now? Yeah,
1: Have you talked about has,
0: this? I had no idea. And I, I've never uh, seen I've, you talk about this. So I've just kind, kind of, of like.
1: It's kind of been private. Like, kind of not brought it up too much. Um, she did write about it on her site. Um, okay. Is she. So this like isn't the
0: first time this is. People are going to hear this. No.
1: I mean. Okay. And and honestly, that's part of the reason why I'm like, I'm about to launch a podcast and I've had a lot of stuff going on with this client work and after leaving Fizzle and she was, you know, cleared from Mm -hmm. cancer back, um, at the beginning of this year, like right after her surgery. Yeah. Um, but she has to go in for some more surgery stuff. Yeah. Um, like next week. And so that's also throwing like a wrench in like what I'm planning to do. Uh, with launching the podcast and stuff, so like life, life happens. I guess is is yeah, exactly. is the Moral here, but um, so going back to why I launched the guide was it was strictly a financial. We had bills that we needed to pay. Reason. Okay,
0: well that's and that's a perfectly valid reason. But I'm always curious, uh, people who release products, why they why they release them. If it's just something that's been in your head and you're thinking I've got to get this out there, or it's going to drive me crazy, or if it's you know. I've got bills to pay and you're trying to figure out what's the best way you can make some extra money. And you think, well, I'll make something and sell it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was more of your motivation, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was a little bit of a combination because like I had been talking about personal finance and entrepreneurship for a while. And I feel like I said what I wanted to say about that stuff or the overlap was so much with fizzle that it didn't make sense for me to Like I previously had a podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. but then Fizzle, we were talking about entrepreneurship and there was just like too much overlap. And so I wanted to segment my side stuff into a very specific thing that I felt like I had been doing for a few years and knew a bunch of stuff about and all my friends were coming to me to talk about those things. (laughs) So I should be able to like share what I've learned about it and yeah, get that stuff out of my head. And it's still a work in progress of me getting everything I know out and like, I'm just getting started with that kind of stuff. But I yeah. felt like the product was a good like zero to 60 for people sure. to get started.
0: Well, you know, in my opinion, you really shouldn't have quit your podcast interviewing entrepreneurs because <laughs> it's such a, there's so few of those these days. Um, <laughs> I think it's a space that really needs to be
1: filled. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can sense some sarcasm. Your oh
0: own. yeah. There's a little, only a little bit of sarcasm there. No, I, um, uh yeah, w- 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 with this show, I remember when I told friends that I was going to be uh doing this new podcast and um one of them said to me, "So you will be doing four interview shows at this point?" And I was like, I was like, "I guess I will." Yeah, you know, I love interview shows. I love listening to them and I love making them. So, you know what? I don't care what you think. I'm going to make an interview show. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) honestly,
1: solo shows are tough. Like I'm just now recording some of my first episodes of my podcast and it's tough like to keep a conversation going by yourself and to not just stop the recording when you mess up and to just keep going. It's it's tough. Like I've considered live broadcasting them just for a few reasons. One, if there's a date and time, then I have to do it and I don't Mm -hmm. procrastinate. And two, just why keep going and I don't worry about the edit and making it perfect. And yeah, it's it's tough when you have a solo show. But like here, there's going to be very few edits because we're having a conversation. Sure. Which is more natural to listen to and stuff.
0: You know, honestly, it took me months to like like months and months to get comfortable being by myself. When I started, (laughs) I remember remember thinking, um, feeling like I must have been talking for at least 15 minutes and looking at the clock and it had only been three minutes. And I was like, yeah. oh, man, wh- what am I going to say? I don't know what yeah, to say like I've in been this intro. Writing,
1: I've been writing little scripts because some of the stuff that I'm covering is technical and I want to make sure that I say it right. Yeah. And I'll write about a thousand words or something. And that'll take me like nine or ten minutes to yeah. record. And I'm like, oh, man, these are really <laughs> short episodes. But yeah. like, to me, that's part of the point is that's great, I want to have specific things I can point to. Exactly, yeah. To recommend people to. And I think that a lot of podcasts, there there is a lot in them that mm-hmm. it's really hard to just go find the things. Absolutely. So like once you get 100 episodes or whatever, you're like, oh, what episode was that in? And what mm-hmm. minute marker and all that stuff? Unless you take really extensive show notes um, like someone like Sean McCabe does, mm-hmm. like it's really hard to find what you, where you Absolutely. said something. And so yeah. my goal with this podcast was, Okay, let's be at least for these first chunk of episodes. Let's be really specific about what's in the episode, and like it's okay if it's a little bit more produced and scripted and stuff, because the point of it is to get these people this information. Sure. And so that's well, why the I'm short episodes are okay are, are with them yeah. being a little shorter.
0: I think the short episodes are great, man. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love long form, long form interview, you know, long form podcast, long form writing. But um when it comes right down to it, if I'm honest, I listen to a lot more podcasts that are, are very short because it's just easier. You know, Um, for a lot of us who are entrepreneurs and work for ourselves, or work at home, we don't have commutes. You know, we don't there's not a lot of time in the day to listen to podcasts. And so I find myself listening more and more to the shorter, you know, um, short burst stuff. And so I think that's a great idea. But. Um, what, what I wanted to say w- when you were talking about the podcast the podcast there is that, you know, after months of practicing though, doing those intros, now I have the opposite problem where now, um, I'm talking and I feel like it's been three minutes and I have to look at the clock and it's been 18. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I gotta, now I have to start scripting things and making notes just so I don't go on for an hour, you know, and, yeah. uh, I imagine you'll probably have that at some point too. Yeah. Now
1: I'm hoping to have that problem. Exactly.
0: I know. Well, so, you know, you've done something that a lot of people dream of doing, uh, finding, uh, some work that they love and quitting their job and doing it and making a living from it. And, uh, how does that feel? I think a lot of people assume certain things about what that life is like. And, and now that you've done
1: it, um, how do you feel? Well, I feel like I've kind of done it in two steps. Cause I left a corporate job that I didn't really care for that. I mm-hmm. dreaded going to, to, I basically got another job. I took a step down from, you know, pay and benefits and stuff to work with Corbett at what was then called think traffic yep. and then became fizzle. But, You know, I still had, you know, the bi-monthly paycheck Mm -hmm. and I still had like work that I was doing and like a boss and all that kind of stuff. But then this time, like it's all on me. And so right now, a decent amount of my income is coming from client work. And so I have to project uh, what the upcoming months are going to look like cash flow wise, which luckily I have like a business background. But like I think a lot of people would take a leap not knowing like what that life is kind of like what working for yourself is like, what working from home and having to put in boundaries and rules and, um, like a framework around work when you're working from home. I think that that was probably the biggest thing that I've learned about myself over the Mm -hmm. past three years of, you know, being a basically a remote worker for a, a startup. And so if I didn't, like, if I just went from Boeing to working for myself, the two things that would scare me the most would be, number one, I wouldn't know how to work, like, on my own, like, self-motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, even though in college that's all kind of self-motivation and stuff and you have to get your grades, sure. that's pretty much all on you. But it's different when, you know, it's a business and, like, money has to follow through. And yeah, then the and, second and you have a family and that.
0: responsibilities. It's, it's, uh, it's pressure,
1: you know? Yeah. And then the second part would be the disconnect of, what you actually do and what leads to money and what really doesn't. Yeah. And so <laughs> like in, the, oh, in the weeks leading up to the position I'm in now of working for myself, it was all about the hustle of figuring out, okay, how can I get money in the door that first month? Yeah. That was pretty much when I was like doing my own stuff on the side while I was still working full time. That was my thought process. It was like, is this action directly going to put money
0: Mm -hmm.
1: in the business in the month that I need it which is coming up very soon and so I had to figure out all the things I wanted to do and like launching the podcast was one of the things I wanted to do but that thing was not directly going to impact my bottom line and it needed to in that first month because you know I'm in charge of like paying the bills and stuff so I think that that was a that was something I didn't really understand or realize and I wasn't probably mature enough as an entrepreneur to understand that when I left yeah. my corporate job to working uh, with Fizzle.
0: Man, so so many questions uh, or thoughts, I should say, because, uh, I mean, I was chuckling through there because any anyone listening who has been self-employed before just, you know, knows exactly what you're talking about. And um, I think... That That's why I asked that question and kind of leads to the next question I wanted to find out is like, what does a typical day look like for you now? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people emails that I get is, you know, people kind of have stars in their eyes of, you know, uh, what it would like what it would be like to you know, quit their job and, and work for themselves. And, and I think they kind of have this picture that, you know, they could get the work from home and they wouldn't have a boss and they just get to sit there and do the thing they love all day, whether that's writing or web design or videos or podcasts. And then you do it and you realize actually, uh, uh, only a small percentage of your time ends up being spent doing that thing, that you you quit your job to do, so what does a what does a typical day look like for you now that you are uh,
1: working for yourself
0: and and um, you know being self-employed?
1: man, I would say that typically, and this is not every day because sometimes I am traveling to do shoots and stuff like that, but typically I wake up first thing sometime between five thirty and seven. It really varies on like if we had something going on the night before yeah um or not how
0: much you drank
1: well (laughs) i try not to drink during the week because i do know that it influences me even if it's just like a single beer or a glass of wine or something it does influence the next morning of like when i wake up how much weed you smoked you know that kind of stuff yeah (laughs) i'm not in a state that that's legal (laughs) and i don't know if you are but there are more i'm not either but i know
0: chase and uh I've listened to fizzle, and uh, there's no way some of those episodes weren't recorded high is all I got to say, so
1: no I don't think there was any any uh... I'm
0: totally kidding. Okay, anyone I'm listening, listening I'm kidding i'm not I'm not <laughs> saying uh, just go listen to the fizzle show and and you'll you'll understand uh why that was a joke, but I derailed you 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 get up in the morning and and uh what wh- where does it go from there?
1: So I get up in the morning and on a good day, I'll just say like a good ideal day. Yeah, typical. I sit down and I journal for about 15 minutes. I have a playlist from songs that are from the movie Inception that I put on <laughs> and yeah. I'll journal for 15 minutes and then that gets me in the zone for writing. So all mm-hmm. that really is, is like a mind dump of, okay, what, what's on my mind? Sometimes I'll write about something that's really bothering me. Sometimes I'll be writing about like business stuff. Maybe I'll just be journaling about like what we did all it really is, is it's like a warm, just up. warm up. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like before a big game, you stretch and you like yep. throw the ball back and forth. Like that's, that's all that really is for me. And sometimes I'll go and reference that stuff. If I actually was writing productive things, like something that might go on a blog post or something like that. But typically it's just warm up.
0: When do you so, know that you're ready? I mean, is 15 minutes arbitrary or do you reach a point where you're like, okay, I'm I'm stretched, I'm limber now. I'm
1: ready to actually do some real writing. Well, I used to do like 20 or 25 minutes, but then I felt like it was impacting what I did next. Mm -hmm. And so I shortened it and, you know, maybe eventually I'll go down to 10 or five, but what I do immediately after that on a good day is I write and I know that everything that I do, well, not everything, but most things that I do, anything I produce that's for other people starts with writing. Mm -hmm. And so... The more that I write, the more that I can produce. And so like I was talking about these podcast episodes that are 10 minutes long or whatever, it, that takes me you know 30 to 60 minutes to write a thousand words. And so that makes an episode. And that doesn't include recording it, editing it, you know, Absolutely. publishing it, all the things you know about for mm-hmm. publishing a podcast on a consistent basis. But it starts with writing. If I just sit in front of a microphone and I have a topic... That's really hard for me right now to do a solo show on. If it was us talking about something, it'd be fine. But a solo show is a little different for me. So it starts with writing. So I journal, then write, and then I allow myself to check in with email, social media, stuff like that. Yeah. And I do that during breakfast. Then I try to jump into one big task. Often that's video editing uh, for a couple hours, then break for food, do a couple more chunks of that
0: okay, let me break in there for a minute so that video editing is that um Caleb logic films like client work video editing or is that uh video editing for your own stuff like your your uh d i y video stuff
1: currently it's it's client work I had a like three or four client influx at the beginning of this month okay that, um I've been mainly doing that uh with my with my time, mm-hmm. but you know before it was it was fizzle video editing or sure. blog post writing and things yeah. like that so whatever whatever my biggest creation thing is i try to jump into that first thing during the day
0: yeah so lunch and then uh afternoon
1: I try to do two more chunks basically i try to break it into an hour and a half to 2 hours and make sure i take a break in the middle whether that's to like walk the dog or um read a book or like, but like two more chunks of actual tutorials or something, but actual two, work, two big chunks. Yeah.
0: Actual work. Okay. So the question for you then is cause my day looks nothing like that. And that's probably because you're way smarter than I am. <laughs> and I, uh <laughs> I do it all wrong. But, um, uh, when do you being, ha- having a service, having a client business, uh, when, when do you do the client stuff? Meaning the, 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 the acquisition of clients and the, the phone calls with the clients and the, You know, the dealing with the clients and finding more and then selling your services and, you know, all that business running stuff that seems to eat up so much time for for me anyway.
1: Yeah, I really try to segment it into one day. So I make Fridays the days where I have the calls and I have presentations or what have you for client stuff. As far as the emails back and forth throughout the week, I just kind of deal with those as they come. I try Mm -hmm. to deal with them first thing in the morning. Or often it's seeing them in the morning and then doing work during the day and then sending something out at the end of the day.
0: That's a really great idea. So, I mean, I, I've done that before where I segment a day for other things. But but you segment a day to, to deal with all your, your, your client uh, or, or a day to kind of work on your business in terms of uh, dealing with client stuff and maybe um, finding some new clients and that kind of thing. And, and, and mm-hmm. all that happens in a day. Uh, where are you? I know you just started, but um, are you all referral right now or or have you had to actually go out and, and, and find some work yet?
1: I mean, I had some referral, you could say, of just people that knew that I was leaving and they had like some interest in doing stuff together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But most of it's been direct outreach. I had a short list of 10 people I wanted to work with and I contacted all of them and I'm still working through talking with some of those people uh, to do work together, but some of them I've already done some stuff with. So I was very targeted about who I wanted to work with and I reached out to them. So these and are people then, that you yeah. wanted
0: to make videos for mm-hmm. not friends that you were letting know, Hey, I'm available. Do you know anyone kind of thing?
1: Right. It was you like, were targeting, Hey, I'm you're... available and I want to work with you.
0: Yeah. And, you were reaching out to the specific client. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that, that's kind of your day. Um, you know what is the? I mean, what's the whole? You've got the 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 guide and the DIY Video Guy website and the Caleb Wojcik films. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what do you? What's the future of these two things? I mean, are you focusing on one over the other, or you know, what what is kind of your goal with the DIY Video Guy and the guide that you launched earlier this year and? Um, the podcast and all the stuff you're going to do that's more teaching and product related Mm -hmm. versus your business, which is more service related?
1: Well, for me, the long term goal is to have both of them. I want to be able to produce better videos for more clients and scale it as I can. I don't want to have a huge studio, Mm -hmm. but right now I do have someone that's doing video editing work for me and training them up to continue to make better videos with me as well and they're also helping me with like the website and the podcast and stuff like that as well. So I'm working to you know do more than just me. But the the game plan long term is to have this video production company that is, you know, 50 to 60% of my time mm-hmm. and then have DIY video guy where I can teach a lot of the stuff that I've learned making videos over the past few years, showing the process of some of the things I can do which then also shows like my expertise and sure. encourages other people to hire me just like a designer that showcases the behind the scenes of what they actually do they can then point to that when yep. a clients like oh why does this cost so much you can be like well i do yeah. this and this and this and like if you want someone that can only do one of those steps then it's probably going to be cheaper but if you want someone that can do all of it like this is this is evidence of that
0: yeah do you plan to make more uh courses and and more products and things like that on diy video guy um or is it more of like you just said more of a a blog more of a resource for education um and it's not really a you know a place where you you hope to sell many
1: products down the road no there i think there's more ways that i can service people better through additional products and what what kind of shape those entail i'm still working through i have ideas for whether that's one big thing that houses everything or individual um courses or what have you but like my my emphasis right now is on teaching this like beginner stuff to people Mm -hmm. and showcasing like a lot of the things that i've learned that aren't best told through like a paid course or anything sure and like the video guide I made, because it's like it's like a zero to 60 thing of, okay, I know nothing. This is the essentials you need to know to get in front of the camera mm-hmm. and record your first videos and edit them and stuff like that. But there is so much more beyond that. And there's some stuff that you should know along with that. So I'm, I'm really working hard to figure out the best way to release all this different stuff that I want to do in a teaching format. And I yeah. think that that's something that is really lacking in ways that a lot of people do it because they just kind of write about or talk about whatever they feel like they want to talk about. And there's no, there's no structure. There's no like curriculum that you should go through.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a blog. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I've seen that a lot. And, and I've seen examples of where that is done, where, you know, um, things are done in series or whether it's a blog or a podcast or whatever. It's not just, okay, we're, we're on episode 300. We've been doing this for <laughs> five years, but mm-hmm. where it's like seasons or series or, or specific uh uh topics um i think that that's brilliant i think that's a really great idea for that
1: yeah but, i mean what i want to do is when people say where do i start i want to say you start at the very first episode and you just go in order <laughs> like, exactly and that that to me it's i think it's way harder to do that and that's why i think people don't do it and that's why i'm trying really hard to do it and it's tough cuz i have all these things i want to talk about i have this huge uh, project in Asana that's just like all potential podcast episodes, and yeah. I have to figure out like, well, you can't learn that until you learn this, and you can't learn that until this, yeah. and so it's like, what order does all this stuff need to go in? And it's just, it takes yeah. a lot of work, and I think that's why a lot of people don't do it. Yeah, it takes a lot, of, a lot more preparation
0: for sure. And yeah. um, but you know, like you just said, that order I, I think is critical because I know for myself, I think for a lot of people listening, uh. Maybe they're, they're, they're working a job. They have a dream of making a product like you did and um, or um, quitting their job and, and working them for themselves like you did. Uh, and there are steps to that. There are steps to that process. And there are things standing in the way. They don't know how to get there, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. how do I get the first client or I want to do this product, but I don't know if anyone would even want it. Or, you know, um, can you speak at all to uh, uh like those steps, like from, from that place where you, you, you know, you want to do this, but you just don't know how to get there, how to, how to actually quit and, and start your thing and make your thing and launch your thing.
1: So the first thing you need to do is grow an audience and that has to be on a very specific topic. Yeah. And then that's either, you know, through blogging, podcasting, making videos, just social media. I've seen people just, and grow that takes time, an audience through that, but it just takes time. Yeah. yeah. And You want to be very specific about the things you're sharing, about the things you're telling people about. And until you have an audience of people that care about what you're saying, it's going to be hard to earn money through teaching, through products, through Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, Consulting, on the other hand, is more, okay, you have a skill and you're able to market it and you know the people that will pay you for it. That's Mm -hmm. a little bit different than having like an audience that you're trying to get like that you're trying to, to teach yeah. mm-hmm. and they're trying to learn from you and stuff. So you have to understand those types of things before you can just go off and quit.
0: Yeah. Or you, or you, um, or you don't and you do that and, um, and then you realize, uh, 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 everything starts to fall apart or, or you have a wild <laughs> success. So, uh, sometimes that happens, but, um, but yeah, so definitely you know, start making a plan before, before you quit your job. And, mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, focusing in on the product for you, let's, let's focus on the product instead mm-hmm. of like the service side of it. Um, you know, you said start growing an audience and, and then, um, at, you know, let's say you start building that audience, uh, and it's around a topic you're interested in or whatever. Um, uh, at what point do you say you quit? Do you wait till you, you know, uh, have income coming in or, you, or you're or you pretty sure you're going to be able to sell this thing or or what?
1: Uh, that's that's a tough question. I think that I would launch before I quit, honestly. Yeah. Because you you have no idea. You have no idea how well it's going to do. You have no yep. idea if anyone's going to buy it until you actually have a buy button there for people. Well, the and thing, thing so is that all the advice... To, to, yeah, all, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. Um, all the advice you get is validate, validate, validate. You know, make sure that... You know, um, don't just you know Kevin Costner it and launch and and see what happens. You know, um, validate your idea and know what's going to happen when you launch. But you're saying that even with all the validation you do, you still don't know what's going to happen until right. people can click a button and give you money.
1: Right? Because your your idea could be validated by other things in the market. Like you yeah. could have other people that are doing similar things, but if you don't have the connections or the audience or even the right kind of branding and all that kind of stuff, how are you going to know if it's actually going to be successful? You can try all you want to try to validate it and you should like do lean startup kind of things to, Mm -hmm. you know, get feedback along the way and have people try it out. But until you actually do it and launch it to whatever audience you have, like how are you going to know? I don't think you're going to.
0: That's true. Uh, someone told me once I was asking for advice on when, well, you know, when do you know and how can you validate something? What's the best way to validate something? And he said, launch it. You know, that's, that's the best validation you can do It's <laughs> <is> just launch. <laughs> exactly. It. So, um, um, backing up just a little bit, um, you were in finance for so long and you did pocket changed and all that. And, and now you're mm-hmm. doing all this video stuff. Um, I feel like one thing a lot of us struggle with is, you know, we, we have a lot of interests. There are a lot of things we could enjoy and it's hard to pick something, you know, and, um, you obviously changed, you you know, you made a course correction somewhere. How did you discover or find out that video was what you really enjoyed and enjoyed enough that you wanted to make a career out of it?
1: I just did it a lot. I made a lot of video. I studied a lot of video, um, tutorials and stuff online. I went to workshops I considered going to film school. Like I toured USC, um, thinking about leaving Boeing to go to film school. Even before I got into this, so it's been a long time interest
0: all. of yours, then.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. feel like it's been over ten years of me like searching for this kind yeah. of thing. And wait a minute, wait you know, a minute, ex-
0: explain that because that's uh, yeah, I feel like that's super key, or at least for me, I feel like you just said something I really want to know more about. What do you mean? It, it's been over ten years for you to find this thing.
1: Well, I mean, let's, let's go back to high school. I've been out of high school for about 10 years. Uh, My senior year, uh, picking schools, applying to schools and stuff like that. I, I always played sports, but I really loved video games and tech Mm -hmm. and I wanted to go to like a video game school. Um, but my mom really wanted me to go to like a four year college. Um, so I ended up going to a four year college. I got, um, there and I went to the, I don't know what they called it, like the, the college fair or whatever where you would go and you would look at what all the different majors right were like. So you had like the social sciences, you had business, you had like computer science and all this stuff. And they all had tables. And I pretty much went to every table and talked to somebody. Yeah. And this was, you know, like the first week or two of college. And I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do, what I want to do. And I took a ton of different kinds of classes freshman year, everything from philosophy to English to business and your science and just like trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to do. Yeah. I remember reading books called what should I do with my life where there was like <laughs> 20 30, there was like 60 books, yeah. chapters yeah, and like every chapter was a different person with a different career and you're supposed to read it and you're supposed to like resonate with a person and I didn't res- resonate with anyone and I ended up with two majors in college. One was business because I knew that I could get a job with that. The other one was in telecommunications which was you know, computers, television, radio, stuff like that. Yeah. And that was because I was interested in that stuff. And then I had a couple of internships. I traveled to Japan when I was in college to study abroad. And I was just searching and searching and searching. And even when I got my internships at like General Motors and Boeing, I would do informational interviews with tons of different people at the companies in different job roles and everything, just trying to be, like, what's your job? Like, what do you do? What's it like? And I, so I've like been searching for ten years to figure out what to do with my life, and I don't yeah. even think that right now, even though I feel good about my <laughs> you current still direction. Know, yeah. Well, it's like or you're not sure. Know, yeah. I don't know what this will look like in ten years. Versus yeah, if like, you become a lawyer or an accountant, you know what that's going to look like in ten right. years. And so because technology could change, you know. Right. Technology yeah. can change. There's like it's just a faster developing area than something like accounting or law or or being a doctor or something like that. Once you put in all that effort into all that schooling and building your way up, like you don't have much mobility at all. And so now that I have this mobility, like I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but I mean, I've been doing this search for like 10 years and I bet in 10 more years, I'll be like, I've been searching for 20 years, you know? So, (laughs) I think that you eventually learn that you have to fall in love with the comfort of not knowing what's going to happen. And you have to eventually realize that you don't have to decide your entire life today, but what you can decide is what you're going to do with your life right now. And then you can commit to that thing for a set amount of time. Right. And so there, there are a few things and I don't want to jump ahead um, to, some of the questions I know you are going to ask me in the rapid fire, but if you can commit to something, what do you mean, man?
0: This is not preplanned at all. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> but if you commit to something for a long enough time frame, like you are yeah. gonna get good at it, and I think that it's taken me a long time to realize that, even though I read Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell probably like nine years ago, like yeah. it's taken me all nine years to realize, like once you find something, if you can commit yourself to it, and you can get better than everyone else fairly quickly. But if you want to get to be the best at something, it takes t- years, 10 years, 20 yeah. years, whatever.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, it sounds like the the key thing here is to just take the pressure off yourself from having to know for sure. You know, like having to, the, you know, myself, and I'm guessing there's people out there like me, there's this pressure to know that. If I make this choice, it's the right one. And it's the one that's not going to fail. And it's the one that is going to, you know... It's like it's like uh, getting married, you know? <laughs> it's like, this is the, uh, the... You know, I'm positive. This is the right girl. Well, it's, it's not like getting married, actually. You know, like you can take the pressure off and, and have the freedom to dive into the water and, and know that you can change your mind, you know? And you can uh, find something different later on. Like what you said about just... Deciding on something and committing for a certain amount of time, I think removes a ton of pressure to feel like, well, oh, what if I make the wrong choice or what mm. if it you know you know you know what if I picked chocolate and and then later I realized I really wanted vanilla you know um yeah. it's not the, these choices aren't lifelong unchangeable choices, and for some reason, I think a lot of us creative entrepreneurial type people struggle with that feeling like you know this choice it's it's uh it's i'm stuck with it once i pick it you know Mm -hmm. and so i think that is um that's critical did you ever have like i mean you haven't really said anything about it so i'm curious i mean like with this video stuff did you ever have thoughts or a point where you felt like like there was self-doubt or feelings of like i can't do this you know like you know people are already making videos i'm not good enough it's just not gonna work you know did you ever feel that way, or, or are you just pretty
1: confident in your in your skill? Well, yeah, I think that if you are not thinking that to yourself, I think you're lying to yourself every day. <laughs> like if you if you aren't questioning what you're doing with your life, pretty much every single day, I think that you know you've you've gone into this lazy, um, lackadaisical like a non-caring mode and mm-hmm. i think that you need to question what you're doing maybe maybe not to the extent of like depression and like anxiety and stuff of like being yeah. worried but to to wake up in the morning and like i said like with the journaling like okay how am i feeling how am i doing how am i how am i positioning myself right now to be where i want to be in the future and how am i portraying myself to my audience and to my clients. And is there anything I can improve on? And I think that just a commitment to improvement is the biggest thing that makes me continually question the kinds of thoughts that I'm having and the kinds of commitment I have to what I'm currently doing.
0: Well, I was, I was going to follow that up with like, you know, how did you, how, how do you fight that self doubt and overcome it? But you, you just answered that, you know, by just a commitment to improvement and, And and uh, and realizing that it's okay to doubt yourself, you know, if you're not doubting yourself at all, then that's probably a problem, actually. Yeah, I think I think
1: there's a few things, actually, that you can do. One is surrounding yourself with people that are doing cool things and encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. So that can become your audience once you reach a certain level to say, you know what, this is what I'm about about to do and to get encouragement from people that that is a good direction is helpful. Uh, exercise, as simple as that sounds, is really? a really important thing. So, anytime I feel just like crummy or like burnt down, out or anything down like that, down on yourself and stuff. Yeah, and, just like yeah. not motivated to work on something yeah. specifically, even though that you have been planning about that thing or been excited about it before. Yeah. Exercise, a simple weight lifting or a run or something like that, pushing yourself physically always helps helps yourself mentally, in my opinion. A combination of those two things and, you know, taking care of yourself with food and exercise is super helpful. And even just like getting some sun, getting outside yeah, is, is like so basic, but I'll just go for a long walk. I'll just take the dog, put some podcasts on and just go for a long walk. And I always feel better when I get back. And so it's not like I'm down in the dumps or anything about anything specifically, but it's like when you just hit that like wall. You just have to change things, whether yeah. that's some people like to travel, but a little bit more frugal and faster way is just to do some exercise and to get outside and then come back to it that same day or the next day, like refreshed. Yeah. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest things I've learned over the past three years of working for myself is like you can you can work the, the burnout schedule of mm-hmm. not taking breaks, of always being in your office, of working nights and weekends. But like eventually you hit a wall. And so for me, knowing that I need to use that other time to recharge properly so that when I am working, I'm on my game and I'm getting as much done as I can, that is probably the biggest realization for me over the past few years.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Were there any specific things that you can think of that were obstacles were things that were holding you back, you know, from being able to uh quit and make your product and and do your thing. I think
1: savings was one. Um yeah. like not having a, a bunch of savings yeah. kind of was a mental thing for me for a while. Yeah. Um because when I left Boeing, I did have some savings that was kind of a safety net for us. Sure. And we eventually used all of it, either just for living expenses or for reinvesting into the business with like camera equipment and stuff right. like that. But <laughs> yeah. not having that savings was something that kind of held me back from so did from you you: uh,
0: Did you save up the savings or did you just mentally overcome it and do it anyway?
1: Basically, just mentally overcame it.
0: And you did it anyway. And you're okay. You're alive. Look, you didn't die. The world didn't end. <laughs> I'm currently alive. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's (laughs) what people need to, that's what we need to learn. You know, it's okay. But, uh, okay. Well, um, you know, you, you spoiled it, Caleb, but there's a, um, I'm just kidding. You didn't, but, but yeah, (laughs) there's a, there's a little bit of a rapid fire, uh, just, just questions that I, 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 because I personally like to know these things about people and, um, and hopefully someone else does, but this, this part is really just for me. So, um, so I can learn from you and and how I live my life. But so this little rapid fire segment, just a couple questions. And rapid fire doesn't mean you have to give a, a one word answer. You can take as long as you want. It's just the name I gave the segment. <laughs> so okay, cool. Uh, the first one is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: So I think it was more indirectly because it's not like someone told me it, but it comes from two places. The first is uh, Steve's, Steve Martin, which is, He writes in one of his autobiographies, Born Standing Up, about uh, playing the banjo and how committing himself to playing the banjo, um, even while he was doing this comedy routine and everything, um, was something that he just thought, okay, if I can commit myself to something for long enough, like I'm going to get pretty good at it. And he talks about this with his comedy as well in that book of how he he knew like five to ten years he'd be really good. Comedy, and like when he actually got popular, he had been doing comedy for like eight years, I think. And so I think that with our society of being like so quick to get yeah. really good at something, and all these people that become
0: twenty-one days to whatever, or, yeah. yeah,
1: you become really famous at a young age because you're really good at something. Or there's yeah, like thirty-day ab programs and stuff like that. Like <laughs> people are just too much in a rush. Yeah. And then the other place that I heard this kind of advice from was. Uh, just last week i watched the documentary hero dreams of sushi oh yeah yeah. which is about this guy who when he was nine years old he had to leave home uh in japan and like basically like take care of himself and he started making sushi and now he's 85 and so he's been making sushi for 76 years and he charges like 300 dollars a plate (laughs) and he just every single day have you seen this
0: Uh, I haven't, but I am pretty much uh, um, everyone I know has seen it and talked about it. So, yeah, I'm
1: familiar with what you're saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like this dedication to doing one thing and doing it really well. And like he, the only days he takes off are holidays. He has the same schedule every single day. And he like tastes the fish every single day. And he like went to the fish market until he had like a heart attack when he was in his late 70s. And now he doesn't go and like actually like pick up the fish that he then serves. It's crazy. Like the amount of dedication to sushi that this guy has. Yeah. And so between that and the Steve Martin uh, story, the whole commit yourself to something for a long time has greatly influenced my current path of just getting better at video stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you like, like you said, when you, when you do pick something, you know, uh, don't just let your, this is what I do all the time. I pick something and I go at it until, uh, you know, the, some new shiny idea. It's like a little candy wrapper out in the yard or whatever, just it twinkles and grabs my eye and I'm like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I've got to do that right now, you know, and resisting that and just sticking with it because eventually you will go through the difficulties and you'll, you'll get on the other side of that and, 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 actually be good at it and then you won't have as much self-doubt and fear and Mm -hmm. struggle because you'll actually be producing stuff that you're proud of you know because you actually have learned how to do it so
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah so that was great okay second question was uh do you have are there any favorite resources or applications i mean we're all web people here for the most part um that have benefited you you know um Maybe like a favorite, like the the number one thing that has kind of helped you as a self self-employed entrepreneur, you know, product maker, etc. Oh,
1: man, it'd be so hard to pick just one. Um, well, I think you that can I'll, say I'll several with, if you want. I'll just go with one uh, specific one for learning. Uh, like a lot of the stuff that I do is in software. So it's yeah, video software, audio software, stuff like that. And even going all the way back to when I was in college, I've used lynda.com for when I felt like I'm ready to take the next stage and learning some software. Yeah. And so like, I don't pay for it. Like, I haven't paid for it every month over the past 10 years, but when I am in like that mood of like, okay, I need to learn something like mm-hmm. right now I'm learning a lot of the Adobe creative cloud stuff mm-hmm. um, like Premiere and after effects and stuff like that. And so when I feel like, okay, I'm going to learn something. That's like the first place I turn to just because they have really good tutorials on pretty much every piece of software.
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, your thing would be, uh, Linda is a great resource. Mm -hmm. Can't, uh, you, you didn't want to self promote Uh, fizzle there.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and like my goal is like, (laughs) well, I guess it's not a self promotion anymore. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay. All right. Well, uh, um, the third one, I think about this all the time. Uh, if you could start all over, you could just start all over. Um, what would you do differently and that's such a broad question maybe I should be a little more specific if you could go back a couple years and 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 uh or even a year and and, uh if you could start over with DIY video guy let's put it that way if you could start over with DIY video guy and Caleb Wojcik films rewind to when those started and start over what is is there anything you would do differently and if so what would that be
1: Yeah. I would continually publish things on a consistent basis. And this has been something that I've struggled with, um, just with blogging in general Mm -hmm. is having a realistic schedule of how much that I can publish and then sticking to it on a consistent basis. And maybe this is just a mental block for me and maybe it doesn't even really matter. Like when you publish things, but I will, I will go stretches where I don't publish for a while. And to me, that's, That is an unprofessional thing to do. Mm -hmm. And people that I highly admire have very consistent uh, releasing schedules for things. And I think I'm being a little too hard on myself because I was in charge of that type of stuff at Fizzle. And I feel like we did a very, very good job of consistency in what we were releasing, not just publicly on the blog and podcast, but with courses and founder stories and everything inside of Fizzle. And so my, my job was that. And I think that on my personal side, I did not have that same kind of commitment. So I'm pushing myself now to have that. And so that would be one thing that I would change.
0: Well, it was a side project. So yeah, you can't be too hard on yourself for that, but that you think that would have, would have helped you if you had done that. Would have
1: definitely have helped growth and momentum and stuff for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and the next question might be the same answer pretty much, but what would you say is your, you seem to me like to be a very disciplined, um, uh, uh, person, which I, uh, so admire cause I'm not, but what's the number one personal habit or practice, et cetera, that you, you, you have that you think is most contributed to you being able to, um, do what you do to your success. Basically,
1: I would think it would be, uh, Kind of a, I would say, a long distance relationship with productivity. <laughs> like yeah. I, uh, I will like go visit on weekends with productivity, <laughs> and we'll get a lot of like stuff organized, and then uh-huh. I like not talk to them for a while. Right. But I think that just having a good productivity system of, okay, here's everything that could possibly be done, and then this is what's most important and needs to be done right now. Like yeah. if that alone I think is yeah don't just need to continually ship stuff
0: yeah don't just wing it you know just like have a plan is what you're saying
1: right exactly
0: cool okay and then the last question is as I said there's a lot of people who would love to do what you've done they they have a product or an idea or something they want to make and they would love to be able to make a living doing work that they love um uh if what's the one piece of advice you know, that you could give to someone who is in that position, who's just starting out and, and dreams of doing that, um, but is struggling to take the next step or just not sure how to, how to make it a reality?
1: I would say that as much as I love planning, I would say that you should spend less time planning and more time doing and making mm-hmm. stuff. And in that section of making and doing stuff, making and doing stuff that other people can see. So, doing stuff publicly, whether that's, you know, blogging or podcasting or video or whatever, you know, share the kinds of things you're making. So, instead of, like, game planning how you're going to quit your job or how yeah. your business is going to look, like, that stuff's important. It's it's important to plan stuff out. But we until just you start actually doing make it. stuff and yeah. do stuff, yeah, you're not going to get better, really. I mean, like... Oh you and I went back and forth a little bit about what kind of camera you should get and stuff like that. And now, now that you have a camera and you're doing, you're setting up the camera and you're like figuring out the best ways to, to do it. Like that's really what matters no matter what camera you would have ended up going with. It's like the fact that you're setting it up and you're like playing with the settings and you're going to start recording stuff soon. Like the doing is more important. Like all that research of you trying to figure out what camera to get, like none of your audience is ever going to see that or, or care. They're going to care that you made a video and that it looked good. So that's kind of the balance you have to, you have to deal with.
0: It is a balance because, um, and for me, it's an excuse. You know, I like to think of myself as, um, I'm a very strategic thinker and, you know, planning is good and that kind of stuff. But if I'm really honest with myself and stop lying to myself, that's just, that's just an excuse to keep me from doing, because if you don't, if you stop fiddling with gear and fiddling with process and and, you know, the widgets and the, you know, the technique or whatever, all you have left is actually the content actually doing the thing. And that's the scariest part of all. And th- and that's why we get so caught up in our setups and, and our, our plans and everything, because that mm-hmm. that can fill our time and keep us from actually doing the hardest thing, which is just doing it, you know
1: right and but i think i still think it's a balance i don't think you can like not care about that stuff because there's like a quality thing too so it's tough like i was saying to you before we started recording was like another reason why i'm pushing back the podcast a little bit is i'm having some trouble with like some technical things with my microphone and my software yeah. and and like a hiss sound and like i recorded the episode and it's fine yeah but to me it's not good enough and so right like there's at least a line I'm recording there's, it yeah and seeing how it sounds instead of just tinkering with stuff or buying more equipment or something like it's there's a fine line between those two things. It's
0: definitely a balance. I'm just saying the tendency is to the tendency avoid is to the it. hard yeah. thing. And the hard thing is actually uh, produce is actually putting it out there and doing mm-hmm. it. And so uh, but it absolutely is a balance. I mean, you don't want to, you know, so uh, one last follow up question to that mm-hmm. question is, you um, Exactly that. Like, so let's say you do, you do it, you make something, but it's your first time. It's, you know, it's not that great. It's not up to your standards because, uh, you know, you have high standards and, um, it's, you know, it, it, it's not perfect. You know, um, do you put it out there anyway? And do you let people see the imperfection and the process? Um, or, uh, do you keep practicing until, until uh, you reach a certain level and and then start putting stuff out there.
1: No, I say you definitely put it out there unless it's horrible <laughs> and like you're going to be embarrassed by it to like the nth degree. Like I think you need to put it out there. And the problem with doing anything creative, that's whether that's visual or audio or whatever, is you know what is good a lot of the time. Yeah. And, you know what it could be because maybe you see other people doing it Mm -hmm. or you have it in your mind of what it could be, but you just can't do that yet. And that's one of the hardest parts about being in like the creative class is knowing that what you're doing now isn't as good as it could be. Yeah. And that keeps people from continuing. It keeps people from continuing to practice the guitar because they know that they're not good enough yet or yep. to continue to get better at taking photos or designing or what have you because they know what good is but they're just not there yet. Yeah. And so you there there is a point you have to reach when it's good enough. Yeah. And then you can start releasing stuff. But there's nothing wrong with holding back for a little bit until you get just to that level.
0: Right. And and you said something like unless you're going to be terribly embarrassed and the thing is is that I think a lot of us feel like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I think I suck at everything. You know, (laughs) I think everything is terrible, but this is the truth. And for all, for all the listeners out there who, who feel that, who feel that deep down, that feeling of, um, of, of self-doubt and like, you know, um, you're not good enough. Uh, even though you feel that it's, you're not as horrible as you think you are, you know? Um, and that's why I think, Caleb, your advice is, is good is that, you know, just, just put it out there. You know, um, there is, there is a line, but still just, just get it, get it rolling. And, and I've often found that things that I released that I, I was sweating, so swe- sweating to hit the publish button because I thought, oh, this is so bad. I would get so many emails saying, um, man, that encouraged me so much, you know? And so it's worth it. It's worth it to just put it out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I completely agree that like sometimes you just have to put stuff out there and move on to the next thing. And like, I was always the kind of person in school that I put in enough work to get an A, but just not any more than that. Yeah. And like, I think there's something to be said about being a hundred percent on something, but there's also something to be said about getting a 90% and shipping. So yeah. you just kind of have to decide how much you want to ship. And how perfect things are going to be is going to influence that.
0: Yeah. Well, Caleb, thanks so much for talking to me, man. What, what's next for you? What's next for DIY video guy and Caleb logic films. Do you have any big plans, you know, um, in the next few months that people can be looking out for, um, stuff that you're, you know, excited about right now.
1: I mean, right now I'm finishing up some client work, um, but for DIY Video Guy, the biggest thing is the podcast that's launching very soon um, probably will be out, I hope, fingers crossed, by the time people <laughs> listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. And so that'll just be DIY Video Guy podcast. And then I'm also launching a weekly video show that'll be a lot of the the house stuff. So yeah, like a lot of the technical parts of video. And so I'm excited to have uh, both those things out there. And then... We'll be working on the next version of the guide as well, so adding more tutorials to that, updating the book as well.
0: Nice. Well, like I said, man, thanks so much for coming on the show, and this this was wonderful. There's so much, uh, so many uh, nuggets, or if you're if you're a fizzle listener, so many watch uh, bombs in here that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, just, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks, man.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that's it that's the show thanks for listening thanks caleb for coming on the show and dropping all the wash bombs this episode full of wash bombs for you guys so thanks caleb you can <laughs> follow along on twitter by following me ab clark or on facebook at facebook.com slash tgmpodcast And you can subscribe and leave me a rating and review, which I would really appreciate by going to avclark.com slash TGM. I got a little guide there on how to do it, step by step. It's actually only like two steps, and it takes like two minutes. So I would greatly appreciate it if you want to do that. As I said, I'm going to be talking to Nathan Berry on Wednesday. Packed conversation. Tell you what, great conversation with him. So be sure and check back for that. And also, as I said in the beginning, if there's people you want to hear from that you think would make a great fit for the Gently Mad, then email me, adamatavclark.com, and let me know. And feel free to email me anything else. If you have questions, need help, just need someone to be a sounding board, feel free. Shoot me an email. Again, thanks for listening. Happy New Year, and I'll see you next time.